The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. All right, all right. So, thank you, church, for help sending students to church. I mean, uh, to church camp, uh, summer camp. We couldn't have done it without you. There are several people that benefited from that. And I want you to know and taste the fruit of that labor. We had, I'm going to hopefully read my chart here. We had six salvations that I know so far. Uh, we had we had 12 that rededicated their life to the Lord and, and commit to our shirt here, have full access and use that for their lives. And then we had about, I think there's more than this, but I only counted from the students I talked to. Uh, our last night, David Platt was one of our speakers and he challenged the students. Our last night, now you've heard this, You've been told what to do. Now, who's going to take the challenge to live it out? And maybe God's calling you into full-time ministry. Maybe God's calling you into the mission field. Uh, According to my list, we had 10 people surrender to the call, either through missions or in full-time ministry, of something like that. And we have several students that go to our church that don't go to our church. They actually worship Sunday morning somewhere else. And I was hoping I could steal one of those kids that was called to be a pastor, but he's not here this morning to, to share that. So I have two other students, the ones that I asked you, you know who you are. If you could come up here at this time, uh, I don't see you right here in the front row. What happened? There's Avi. Emma, there you are. I didn't see you. Come on up. Um, this is kind of a youth service, so I, I want them to share what God's done, and we could be here all day letting everyone share. But I think it's powerful for you guys to hear the power of their testimony, how God changed their life, and God is doing things in amazing ways. Hi, my name is Emma. Um, So this week, I mean, I wasn't like, you know, oh, I'm saved. Like, it wasn't like a big old thing. But um, there's like a powerful moment I want to share with you, and then I want to share with you what I got out of it. So the powerful moment was... I was, like, really upset. I was crying in the van because I was just, you know, feeling anxious. I was crying. And then there are a few girls who were also in the van crying for their own personal reasons that we don't need to share now. But it was so powerful to see the girls in the back of the van all just turn around. And we all got to pray with each other and pray over one of the girls' salvations and pray over one of the girls' heartbreak and pray over my own, like, upsetness. And it was so powerful to see just these young people just praying for each other and wanting to point each other to God. It was so amazing. And what I got out of camp was, uh, I think it was Drew Worsham. He's one of the speakers. He said, if you're not where you are to glorify God, you're there for selfish reasons. So whether that's your middle school, high school, college, your job, whether it's the bowling alley, the pool, the grocery store, if you're not there to glorify God, You shouldn't be there because you're there for selfish reasons. And that really hit me hard and made me realize, like, hmm, maybe my life is a little self-centered and needs to be pointed to God a little more. And I need to, like, wherever I am, I need to be glorifying him. So that's what I'm working on, and I hope that reaches you guys too. You have to stand up here for a second. I want to share about the van thing real quick, too, because I was the driver of that van that night, and... Um, 
We pulled up. This is after dark 30 time. It's probably like 10, 30, 11 maybe. It was late. And um, I'm like, everybody get out. Get out of the van. These parking spaces were big enough for a Lego. You know? And we had to drive a bus in there. So uh, Mike took the pillar out one time. Just kidding. No, he did really good. He, we had to, like, say, Mike, can you back all the trucks in? Because we're going to go inside and be with the students. So uh, he got really good at backing up the trucks and vans and tanks. So uh, he was good at that. Anyway, they got out, and I looked back, and there are still girls in the car. I'm like, get out, guys. What are you doing in the car still? And I look back. worshiping the Lord and really, really laboring in prayer over each other. I said, you know what? We were supposed to go do fireworks. I said, we're going to sit here and do this together. So I beep, beep, beep. I backed it in, you know, parked it, and they're still praying. And I said, I'm going to go join this group, watch them, and just kind of get from the outside what we think about taking a picture. It was this really amazing circling around these two benches and praying for each other with such fervent, I don't know the right word, just like desire to pick their friends up when they were down. And it was amazing to see the Holy Spirit work in their lives and not just their own interests, but the interests of others. That was amazing to see. That was like a God moment that I didn't get to see a lot, but I got to see it right then. It was super amazing to see them having hands-on and doing that. All right, your turn, bro. So, I'm Avi, and I'm 14. I'm going to high school, which is going to be difficult. So, growing up, I was always uh, raised up a Christian, and I always was taught about God, but I never really knew God myself. So, me being the idiot I am, I made a bunch of stupid decisions. After that, I realized the consequence of my action, and I went through sort of this phase where all I would do was think, like, I didn't sleep at all, and it was really a dark place for me, and now I realize that, first off, that's spitting in the face of God, the one who blessed me with this wonderful church and this wonderful family who loves so much towards me and cares about me so much, and second, it's letting myself down leading me down a road that I don't really want to end up on, you know, it's going to lead me to life, where I could end up in jail, dead, wor- or worse, but third off, it's letting down my family, who've done so much for me, and who've blessed me so much and loved so much about me, so I've been baptized twice, the first time, it was just like, you know, the emotion of the moment, you know, the second time, it was more to more to sort of make people proud, you know, sort of look like I'm the holy man that everybody thought I was, and it turns out I wasn't. So during this camp, I realized all those things, which when I was when I was going through those dark times, and I realized that that's not the life I want to live. I want to live a life full of love and full of joy and rejoice in the Lord. So I've decided to this time fully rededicate my life to Christ.
We get could, we could to sit here and hear some real powerful testimonies of these students. Um, I'm going to share one more, and then I'm going to dive into this lesson. It was just really cool to see not just them praying that van, but I was kind of like being selfish and be like, I want someone to pray for me, you yeah. because they were always praying for each other. I wasn't thinking that, but of course, one of them says, Gary, can we pray for you? Did God just hear me whisper that? I, I was I was really like, and this little amazing individual, she's not here, I don't see her. Nina goes, Pastor Gary, can we pray over your foot? I was like, yeah, baby, pray over that foot. And uh, I've been a little discouraged because I haven't been able to jump and run and I couldn't do the church clap. I could do it on one leg, but it wasn't so good. So I just kind of was a little down, discouraged, but it was so sweet for them to think of others all this whole trip and to see that and taste and, and get to see that from the outside when I hadn't been in charge of the camp. I was, we went to a church camp in Kansas, so they did everything. It was just really cool to see that happen. I'm going to pray for us before we go any further and just ask the Lord just to have his way with today and um, I don't want it to be anything that I have to say. I want his word to penetrate your hearts as it already has mine. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that uh, we got to experience this amazing trip in Myrtle Beach. And thank you for the hearts that were changed. And Father, I pray that the change would not just be this week. Father, it would be eternal and that we would walk with you all our days and serve you with a passion. And Father, I pray that this passion would explode into our church and that our church, uh, I'm just thinking some of our adults are kind of being lazy. Some of our adults have been a Christian for a long time and we kind of, we lose sight of how big and how amazing God is. And I pray you would stir up in our hearts, Father, that we would wake up and see your goodness and your might and your power. And I pray you would use our students to start that fire. Thank you, Father, in your name we pray. Amen. I'm excited to get to bring the word to you this morning. And the word is, uh, we heard, I think, 10 different sermons about our shirts here. It says, full access, we can have access to God. It doesn't matter the place, time, where, wherever. But that our first night was really a salvation call. If you don't have access to God, first of all, you got to know him. And so that was the call, the first lesson that we heard. Our second lesson was, or let me read this too. I I took some notes and I wrote them down. But David Platt's first message, and he said, I just want to start out with four questions for you. The first one was that you would pray for a high, this is what he's praying for the students. He said, this is what I'm praying for you guys, that you would have a high view of God, number two, that you would be, have a serious view of your sin. I was like, That's tough. That hit me right between the head and the eyeballs. And to realize, I'm thinking, these students might not want to come back tomorrow because it was pretty heavy. But they all did, and God did business with them. He said, and pray that you would experience the wonderful grace of God. And the last one, that your life will count more and more and more. 
to see our students take these things in and not just hear them, but to begin to be a doer of the word and to see it come out was amazing. To see students every day deal with different things, seeing students come to realize who Jesus is, to see students realize, hey, it's not about just being cute and handsome and pretty, and, but to see people really dealing with different things and to see people wrestle with each other and be in prayer for each other was super amazing. That was the best thing I got out of it, to see our students and to stand back and to see them all worshiping the Lord together and to see them praying and seeing some of them stick arms around each other and just out of their own, when they asked, uh, when David Platt, is it David Platt? Whoever Platt, guy's name, is it David Platt? All right, um, when he said, stand up, God is tugging on your heart. To see some of the students say, you know what, I've been dealing with this a long time, and I've kind of ignored it. Lakin is not here. Many of our students aren't here today, but Lakin shared with me that she really felt like God was calling her into ministry, into missions, and she's ignored it for the last four years. And the amazing thing was that morning, she wrote in her prayer journal, okay, God, talking to me about this before he even preached this message. And she writes in her journal, I want to be obedient. I want to be more mission-minded. And that night, he said, hey, if God's calling you and tugging your heart, I want you to stand up. And she said she didn't want to stand up. She, like, weighed 5,000 pounds, and she said, I'm not going to stand up. There's no way. And she said, I, like, floated up. The Holy Spirit made me get up. And she was... I'm not going to hold this back anymore, and I'm going to stand and do what God wants me to do. And to see not just her, but so many others take that step of faith and say, you know what, I'm going to be committed to follow Jesus all my days. And it blessed my heart. So we got some good stuff. We heard about some good sermons. So I thought, great, how can I uh, top magicians? Uh, Drew, he was an amazing illusionist. Is that what they call him? That's the Christian term for magician, I guess they would say that. Um, but anyway, he did some really cool stuff, and he made a dude disappear, and he was on the ceiling somehow just floating. Wasn't that amazing, guys? Just, just kidding. He didn't do that. He didn't do but, but But that would be cool if he did. Anyway, he did some cool stuff, so how am I going to come and bring whatever? I'm like, I don't know if I can bring what he had, but you know what? This right here, I don't need to do that. This book is amazing all by itself. You don't need me. You don't need Pastor John. You don't need our interns. You need this right here. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Exodus chapter 19, and we're going to read God's word. And I hope as we heard the same message all week, we're going to hear it one more time in a different flavor. So if you're in Exodus chapter 19, bear with me as I try to uh, read this. Um, Are we ready? We're going to start in verse 9. It says, The Lord said to Moses, I am going to come to you, in a dense cloud so that the people will hear when I speak. I want to stop there for a minute. Moses is told by God, I'm going to use a cloud to speak to you and I'm going to use you to speak to them. We already know a little bit about Moses. Remember he grumbled and complained and said, God, you can't use me. I'm not good at this. But he goes on to say this. I will speak with you and will always believe you. Moses reported the people's words to the Lord. And the Lord told Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow 
They must wash their clothes and be prepared by the third day. For the third day, the Lord will come down the mountain of Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Put boundaries for the people all around the mountain and say, be careful that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. Don't even go close to it. When you get close to the bushes, you better stay away. Anyone who touches the mountain must be put to death. If you touch the mountain, off with your head. No one should touch it, not even get close to it. Instead, he will be stoned or shot with an arrow and not live, whether animal or human. With the ram's horn sound, a long blast, they may go up the mountain. Then Moses came down from the mountain. I'm going to skip that part. I'm going to skip down to 16. Look, start at 16 with me. On the third day when the, in the morning came, there was thunder and lightning, a thick cloud on the mountain, a very loud trumble sound. So they, all the people in the camp shuddered. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was completely enveloped in smoke because the Lord came down on it in fire. Its smoke went up in smoke like a furnace, and the whole mountain shook violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in the thunder. And the last verse, and the Lord came down on Mount Sinai at the top of the mountain, and the Lord summoned to the top of the mountain, and he went up. He said, come up here, I've got to talk to you. Where nobody else could go, Moses was told to go. Sometimes we exalt David Platt. Sometimes we exalt Drew. And a lot of us want to be like, oh, I wish I could get his autograph. I wish I could talk to him. If, if he could pray for me, I probably would not be jacked up in my ankle anymore. You know, or We exalt these men. We put John or Pastor Gary or just different people on a high pedestal. And let me tell you something, we are just knucklehead men. We are anything special. And Moses is the same way. But back then, Moses was the one that had to approach the holy place. These other people couldn't, and there was a consequence to even get close to it. You're going to die. You can't get there. But we're not living in the Old Testament. We're living in the New Testament. And Jesus came, and he conquered death, and he conquered sin. So no longer do we have to wait for Moses. No longer do we have to wait for Pastor John. We can boldly go to the throne of grace. We can, we can approach that place without having to go through a man. It's crazy that we think about that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think a lot about getting a pat on the back. And I had several students tell me, Pastor Gary, you're amazing, or whatever. And we can get our heads get pretty big, and we think we're better than we really are. And it's just not a good place to be. And I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be someone that's about what I have to say because at the end of the day, what I say, it stinks. And this word stands forever. So let's flip over. I want you guys to see something. Let's flip over to uh, Ephesians. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2 real fast. I want you to hear this. As we're in the New Testament, this is Paul. And he says in chapter 2, in verse 13, he says this. But now... I heard a pastor say this, and I think it's awesome, and there's a big old button in the Bible. 
Ready? But now Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, this is amazing person that we have access through. He says, now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. We don't have to go to the mountain and just say, hey, you know, you think of Wizard of Oz. Oh, big one, what's what's up there? No, we can go, we, we can stop right where we are. We can be in the bathroom. We can be in our car and we can cry out to that big God and say, God, this is where I am at. And I have the access without having to go through somebody else, but I can go to you because the blood of Jesus was shed for me. I'm gonna go down a little further in verse 18. It says this, for through him, both in verse 18 of chapter two, have access in one spirit in the father. Flip over chapter three, verse 12, it says this, in him, we have boldness and confidence to access through faith in him. We have boldness and confidence. We can come boldly to God. We don't have to wait for Pastor John on Sunday. And I told this one student, I said, hey, guess what? Uh, Let me start up a little bit. He asked, this was another cool thing. He asked another student to pray for him because he was feeling discouraged and down a little bit. And it was amazing to see that student wrap his arms around him and pray scripture and boldness over him. And I said, hey man, did you ask him to pray for your phone? Because this same student lost his phone and he's been looking all day. He goes, no, I didn't ask him to pray for my phone. I said, well, how about we ask God to let you find your phone? And this is after he told me God doesn't listen to him. God doesn't care about him. And I said, God does care about you. He hears your cry. And I leave. And two minutes later, Evan's phone rings. And someone says, I have Nathan's phone. Do you want it? Two minutes. He's been looking all day. And we approached the access that we have to go to God. We didn't have to go find Pastor John. We didn't have to go find Pastor whoever we went and saw today or last week or two days ago. But we can go boldly to God at the end of the bed and say, God, help me. I'm struggling with this. Do you hear my cry? And God says, yes, I hear you. And I love you. And what you're dealing with is important. And it's important to me because it's important to you. Last one, I'm going to flip over with them. Romans, this was the theme verse, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, it says, therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into his grace and by which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. God. We can stand right with him, right in the middle smack where we need to be. And God hears us, he sees us, and he wants to invade our lives. The problem is, too many of us are doing this. Too many of us are still drinking the bottle. When we need to say, you know, Paul said over throughout scripture, I can't even give you what you need because you're still drinking milk. It's time to grow up. Put the milk away. 
Stop coming to church and complaining because you know at the end of the day, you suck. You suck too much bottle and then you complain. And then you say, you know what, Pastor John, the music's not good enough. You suck some more. Oh, you know, they just, it's too dark in there. Uh, it's, there's too many chairs or there's not enough nursery people or whatever you want to complain about. You're just sucking the bottle. Jesus wants us to get rid of the bottle and start eating some steak. Because let me tell you what, the table is already set. If you come in here and you're not eating, that's not John's fault. That's not my fault. That's not God's fault. That's your fault. You don't have to be an eloquent preacher. You don't have to be, I'm not that good at either and I can't read worth a darn. But you know, at the end of the day, you shouldn't be listening to me. You should be listening to this book right here. In Acts chapter 16, it talks about, uh, these guys are talking to these group of people called the Bereans. And he said, you know what? We study the scriptures daily to see what Paul is saying, to see if it's really so. I hope and challenge you that you don't just listen to us, but that you open up this book. This amazing book that has power and wants to invade your lives, that we would crack it open and say, Lord, what do you have for me? I heard what John was preaching, but are you going to speak to my heart? He will open up floodgates, and you want to be able to come to him. We just expect John to heal us. We expect Moses to feed us. There's no more Moses. There's no more John. There's no more Gary. Now listen to me, folks. Ephesians 3.12, we already read it, but I'm going to read it again. In whom we have boldness and confidence, access through faith in him. Hebrews 10, 19 says this. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. Jesus. I can't even talk. Jesus. Ephesians 1, 7 says this. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches in his grace. John 10, 9. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved, and I will go in and find him and bring him in. Hebrews 6, 19 and 20 says this. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, the one which enters within the veil where Jesus has entered, where Jesus has entered, Matthew 27, I'm going to finish reading that verse in a minute, but I want to say this one first. Matthew 27, 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks split. Let me go back to that other verse. This hope, the hope and the reason I stand here and even talk like an idiot is because I have the hope of glory inside of me. Christ is living in me and the same power that raised Christ from the dead living right here and it's living right there in you so it's not just on the the camp day when everybody's praising God it's when you're at school and they're saying hey you want to go smoke that you say no because I walk with Christ it's when you're at school or you're at work and someone's telling a dirty joke you say you know what I'm different I love my wife I'm not going to look at that woman because I had a covenant with my eyes and I will not look at a woman lustfully It's 
when you're at a place in the grocery store or on the beach and you see someone in need and you think of someone else other than yourself. This guy Bob on the beach was watching us play some games. And I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, go talk to him and pray for him. I said, Lord, I'm with these students. I can't do that. We're busy doing God's work. Okay? And I'm like, I don't really want to talk to him right now. He's annoying. And, you know, I'm too busy is where it was come down to it. And the Lord kept poking my heart. Finally, I said, yes, Lord, I will obey. And I go over there and talk to him. And I pray for him and find out that he has stage four cancer. And he's been given kind of a short life. And I got to pray for him. And he said, you know, I'm a Christian, but I just feel like discouraged. And I just feel like I was busy. I was doing God's work. When we are access to God and we're attentive to what he's saying, we're going to see what God is doing. We're going to be urged by the Holy Spirit to get off our lazy butts and start serving, to get off our lazy butts and do what God is telling you to do. I love what Mike said as a quote. If God tells you to dig dirt, you dig dirt. If God tells you to go move a van, you move a man, a van, and you do it in the name of Jesus. Because of your faithfulness of sending students to camp, we've seen several come to know Jesus. Because of your faithfulness praying for people, we're seeing hearts turn to him. I'm encouraged to see that happen. I got off track, sorry. It says, the hope we have as an anchor of the soul, the hope of both sure steadfastness and the one who enters within the veil. That's where I got stuck. The veil is gone. It's been tore down so we can boldly go to that place where Jesus has entered. As the forerunner for us, having become the high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Therefore, brethren, since we have the confidence to enter that holy place, what's our profit? That was, that was in the Greek. What's our profit? We have the confidence to approach that. busy during the week. You don't understand, Gary. I work 4,000 hours a day. And then I'm tired when I get home. I really don't want to talk to my wife. I heard too many nagging women at work. Are we really, are we really being what God wants us to be? Do we really tap into the source that we have? Or do we think this, this is perfect? Or is this giant we can't get to God, so we say, John, throw me a bone, or I'll take a bottle instead, because that's all I have anyway, is something on this bottle. Do you ever have a strong Christian life, and this is our strength? This is not going to do it. This is not going to do it. We need to be in this book here. It needs to be penetrating our hearts. And if we're in this book, I promise you, you will look different. Our church will look different. And we will see people come to know Jesus. Let's all bow our heads. Dear Lord, I pray that we would be different. I pray that we would take these words. I pray that we would hear them and that we would respond to them. Father, I am grateful and thankful that we don't need Moses anymore. 
We don't have to sit at the bottom of the mountain and say, come back and tell me something. We don't have to look for, as the scripture has talked about Elijah and these guys, they're waiting. And But Jesus said, look to him. My God said, look to my son. Look to Jesus. Because Jesus is the author of our faith. Father, may we be a people that is bold and courageous. We heard over and over throughout scriptures where he said, he will give us confidence and boldness to share our faith. Father, we can't have boldness and confidence and share our faith unless we know who you are. There's many a people that know about God, but God doesn't know them. And Father, I pray if there's someone in this room that doesn't know who God is, maybe they heard about God, maybe they've been to church once or twice, or maybe they know that some story in the Bible. But Lord, I pray that today, the scripture says, would be a day of salvation. Today they would reconcile that they need a Savior to wipe away their sin. And that God is just, He is holy, and cannot look upon sin. But I am grateful that He is so holy that He can wash my sin away and cleanse me from all unrighteousness, that I can stand right. I can be in right standing before God because He is holy. And I am not. I pray if there's someone today that doesn't know that, they would understand that. They would reach out and ask for someone to share with them and understand these things more. Father, if there's people that have been just living kind of lazily, maybe not being the leader they should be in their home, maybe not being the best husband they can be, I pray we would stop being like that and realize that we don't have to come talk to a counselor. We don't have to come talk to a pastor. But we can cry out to you in the car. strength. Get me back on track. Get me where I need to be. Help me to be a better example to my children. Thank you, Father, that you hear our cry. I love Psalms 5. It says, you give ear to my words, O Lord. You consider my heart and my meditations. Thank you that you hearken unto the voice of my cry. I pray as we cry out and we worship you, may we worship in spirit and truth. If anybody has breath, let them praise the Lord, the word says. May we praise you right now in Jesus' name.